2: Welcome to Security and Secure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. My guest this week was just 13 years old when she became a reality star. Known for her infectious laugh, her silliness and her bickering, my guest this week has been part of a new wave of reality stars, starting off on Gogglebox alongside her family before going it alone on Celebsco Dating. She joins me on Secure the Insecure to stop the wait stories and focus what is really important to her. So without further ado, joining me this week on Secure the Insecure is Amy Tapper. Hello, Amy.
3: Hi.
2: Well, thank you for being here. I've known about you literally for nearly a decade and that's in real life as well as on the TV. So I'm absolutely honoured you've finally given in and said yes (laughs) to this.
1: Thank
3: you. It's my my pleasure to be here.
2: Yeah, I thought you might say something like that. I thought you might say something (laughs) like that. So I kind of want to start just because we're going to go back to the beginning of your life effectively. But the first thing I want to do is kind of just draw a line on all these articles that I can see so far just so that we can kind of go this is the Amy Tapper that we're apparently supposed to be knowing about but today you're going to find out whilst listening the real Amy Tapper because if I google you and you go down there isn't one story that's not about your weight every single story is about your weight and I'm just thinking but that's not because you are you know in aid of body positivity and it's not that you are overweight it's just the fact that their media seem to be obsessed with amy tapper shares before and after snaps of epic three stone weight loss uh gogglebot's amy tapper shares secrets to 3.5 stone loss as she vows vows to lose more gogglebot star amy tapper looks gorgeous in nature's transformation post after three stone weight loss and it goes on and on and on and this is the only thing the papers seem to actually care about
3: (laughs) it's amazing isn't it I'm very lucky, in a sense, because it is all positive. Like, apart from one or two when I was younger, which was about online trolls, all of that is, like, positive. So even though it is constant and it's always about weight loss, it is always, you know, it's good press, it's really nice headlines. But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's also, like, weeks after, you know, I'd post, like... A really funny instagram and instead of like the funny instagram to say like oh like amy posts a funny post and whatever dances around it's about the next post which is about a weight loss for me weight has been my whole life you know like everyone has their own struggles and insecurities and for me the one and only thing has always been my weight right since i was seven eight years old um just Genes and the way you're built you know everyone's built differently for me it's just there's so much more to me than my weight and in my own head i'm thinking yeah like weight is my life but it doesn't have to be like about my life to other people if that makes sense you know because it's my own issues
2: well that's the thing and even when you get an article for example that says Gogglebox star Amy Tapper looks stunning as she celebrates her 21st birthday at home. It's almost like a backhanded compliment that, again, it comes back to your image, which that doesn't define you yet. For some reason, it always has done.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think to a certain extent it's the same with a lot of people. I mean, how often do you see, like, any article about anyone that's actually to do with something that they've done in their personality, rather than the way they look and the, what they're wearing. And da 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 da. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. I just find that that, and this is this might be the problem as well, because you are of that wave of reality stars, and because you've done celebs dating, which we'll talk about in a bit, because you haven't got those relationships that you're in and out of that can be the focus this is what the media have gone this will be our focus it's going to be on amy's weight rather than her love life
3: yeah for sure which is interesting because you'd think you know you'd think like people would be interested in things like that well like people people know now that i've lost three stone like there's been enough articles about it you know
2: what is there more to say yet even still there is now it's just, it's glam look, and look how amazing you look, which is great, and it's a bit of good confidence, yeah. but at the same time, it's like a backhanded compliment of, okay, so I look great now, but are you now saying that when I was on TV, I wasn't looking great?
3: Yeah. No, I know. It, it It's an interesting thought. I mean, it's one of those things that it's like, oh, like, okay, something else, like, you know, oh, they've shared my Instagram, like this is cool whatever and i never like i never really sit and think about it from the press side of things i more think about it from like well i guess yeah talking about it because there's been times where i've spoken to articles and that's all they want to hear about you know
2: well look i don't want to hear about it so we're not going to talk about <laughs> your weight whatsoever i want to take you back though to 2013 and i want to talk about goggle because God, Amy, you were a little bit young when you decided to go and start (laughs) doing TV. But obviously, you did this as a family, so you had your support system. So who was the one that went, right, we've watched enough TV, we need to now start talking about it on TV?
3: So, believe it or not, it didn't happen like that. Um, Obviously, Google Books wasn't a programme. And my mum, do you remember the programme, Jewish Mother of the Year?
2: Uh, I interviewed the winner of that and it was after they'd gone on to this morning to make chicken soup. And there was a battle about who made the best chicken soup. And I'm like, does no one just get the ozone powder and pour that in with a vegetable stock cube, add Absolutely some veg and a No, my mum makes
3: the best chicken soup. Anyway, um, she went to... My grandma saw a article in the Jewish Chronicle, which is... Jewish newspaper for anyone who doesn't know what the Jewish chronicle is um and she saw an article for Jewish mother of the year and she nominated my mum because my mum had just got the all clear at the time because she had breast cancer um and she was just amazing like the whole way through it and she got the all clear and my grandma nominated her for Jewish mother of the year and she got a call saying oh your mum's nominated you for this program la 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 and she got down to like the last few people until they went live but by this point they'd already met um, me my brother and my dad because they came over with film crews at one point and then my mum kind of like pulled out I it just wasn't you know it wasn't the right time interrupted work whatever you know everything happens for a reason kind of thing because then a couple of weeks later obviously in tv everyone knows everyone and then a couple of weeks later we get a call me and mum I literally remember we were driving to my auntie's And she gets a call from this researcher saying, hi, I'm friends with blah, blah, blah from Jewish Mother of the Year. Um, There's this new programme where we're going to be filming people watching TV and their reactions. So we'll be filming you watching TV and then it goes out on TV. And we were like, right, okay. And they said, "Uh, we've seen some footage of your family from what they took from Jewish Mother of the Year. We love your dynamic, we think you're really funny, you know, all this stuff. Because all we do, the four of us, is just take the mick out of each other and, like, bounce off each other. And they said, can we come to your house? And they, they came to our house and they turned up and they were... Um, they had all these pictures and they were filming us on, like, an iPad or something. And... Or they were holding... No, they were holding things up on an iPad and they were filming us, like not like proper cameras but there are a couple of standing there and literally all they did was, and also it wasn't 100% even going to be called Gogglebox, I can't remember I don't think there was another name but like at the time they were like it might be called Gogglebox we're not sure yet, duh, 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 which is just a funny thought Um, and they got all these pictures on an iPad and they were they'd show it to us, they wouldn't say anything they'd just show us a picture, I think one was like the Queen, one was something else and we just spoke for hours, and we were just, honestly, there was a picture of the Queen, and then the next thing you know, we're talking about just amongst ourselves, we weren't so off track, we were talking about, I don't know, Coronation Street. Do you know what I mean? It was just so funny, and I remember that day so clearly, and then they said, okay, we're going to do four episodes, um, like, you know, going out. Um, I think when it first came out, it was on, like, a Wednesday night or something like that. Um, and they said um, it's going to go out. So they came over, they filmed, we did it, We, you know, we filmed, then it went out, and then we filmed again and went out, and then literally after the first series, they were like, this programme has absolutely gone nuts, it's popped off, like, would you guys come back for a second series? And then we started, like, winning NTAs and BASTAs and we... Um, we presented an award at the NTA from our couch at home for the best TV judge. And that was like us for which was just the most surreal moment like for us for to be on our couch at home. OK, we weren't there, but we've been to the NTA. So it wasn't like, you know, it's an amazing, amazing night. But to present an award, like we would rather present an award at home. We were just grateful for it, and we're sitting there on the couch doing the best judge, and it was David Walliams, and then it's like Simon Cowell is literally sitting here waiting to be to see if he was the best judge from me, and mm-hmm. it was just it, it was such a surreal you know a surreal moment at like 16 years old at this point to do that. Um, I might have even been 15. Gogglebox was just incredible, and you know that you know like I said, it just absolutely went mad we didn't even realize what was going to happen to it i don't think anyone realized like who actually worked on it as well it was just the most genius idea genius like everything and you know the crew became our family it was like the same all the sound men and the cameramen were like pretty much the same throughout the whole time um but you know different weeks you get different people because there's a certain amount of teams and just the crew you know they'd they'd all, like, fight over who would come to us on Friday night so that they can have Friday night dinner. Because obviously they get us takeaway, but that was one thing we said. If we were filming on a Friday night, my dad said, I don't mind filming on a Friday night, but we have to have a Friday night dinner. So we'd always know that if we were filming on Friday night, you know, it would always have to be, like, an hour shorter because we wouldn't get takeaway. My mum would make dinner and all the crew would come down and, you know, we'd always eat together anyway, but it was just so nice. And it's such memories, you know, look where it's got
2: me. It's it's incredible. And obviously, for, for those that don't know, Friday night dinner isn't just because it's dinner on a Friday night. You are Jewish and therefore Friday night dinner is all about family time. It's all about the yeah, roast chicken. tradition. Exactly, it's the traditions. What's the secret, do you think, to the show? Because it made, in the earlier series, stars such as Scarlett, Moffat, and Stefan Dom, and George, who went on to Big Brother. Why do you think... Gogglebox did that because it was made by Studio Lambert, who also made Wife Swap, and just who always just got these aren't people who are trying to be celebrities, these are just real people who were just mm. a little bit quirky. Mm.
3: Well, I think the amazing thing about Gogglebox is that the actual thing behind it, people always say to me, like, oh, what a funny, you know, what a funny idea. Da, 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 da. How do you think of that? And, and then it's like, well, everyone can relate to it because. You are normal people, you're with your family or your best friends, you've got cameras, you don't have a whole crew sitting there, they're all upstairs. So, you know, it's so easy, people don't believe it, but it's so easy to forget that the cameras are there. But I can't tell you how many burps they've put up of me. Do you know what I mean? Like you just forget, you forget that they're there. You fall asleep, you wake up, you, you know, they're just rolling.
2: So how does, that, how does it work then? So the, the crew get there, what time would you start on a normal day? Not a Friday, but like a normal day. Take me through it.
3: It would be when mum and dad get home from work and me and Josh get home from school. It's about 5 so we No, we'd usually start actually rolling at about 5.30. The crew would come from about 4.30 to start, um, like, setting up.
2: And was this once a week?
3: No. So, I think to start off years ago, it might have been once a week. And then it became um, twice a week. And in our last few years, there were times where we were doing three times a week. But they'd shorten them. And then we'd roll till, like, from about 5.30. We'd break for dinner for, like, probably half an hour. Um, and then we we sometimes we wouldn't finish till... Well, sometimes it would be it could be ten. Sometimes it could be eleven. There's, there was times where it was one a.m. You know, it just depends. I mean, we there were some times where like we'd film in the day. Very rarely, but there were a few occasions where we'd film in the day.
2: And so, for those five hours, are you watching? five one hour programmes or have they said to you, right, here's a clip from this, here's a clip from that, we're okay. gonna watch this. Can you retake this? Just say it like this. You know you kind of said that, you know, emphasise it. Because there were no cameras it was just cameras. There wasn't a crew well, around you.
3: Again, so yeah like when it first started, um it was very much like we'd watch a whole entire program. And then I think as the program went on, and they realised, like, A, we want to be able to fit more programmes into this, B, like, we're only using certain bits, and, like, for example, if my, if we watch, like, a whole entire film, right, and my family are great, like, the beginning half, and then another family are great, the other half, like, what parts are they going to show? Um, So, I think they, they would then, as as the show got bigger, and, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but... They started only showing us clips because they, you know, they probably watched it before and realized, right, these are the key parts. So it would be like an hour show cut down to 15, 20 minutes. Or like Britain's Got Talent, we would like watch only one or two performances. But that was the best part because when like the auditions were on for Britain's Got Talent, for example, and it wasn't the live shows, we'd be able to watch it like before it went out because they would have had permission from Britain's Got Talent to show it to us and we'd like watch it sometimes on the Friday when it comes out on the Saturday. Little things like that when I was 16 years old was so cool. I'd go to school and be like I know what happens tomorrow night. (laughs) I know who gets the golden buzzer. (laughs) And what
2: was the reaction like at school because you're becoming a little TV star aged 13, 14, 15 years old. In your school there were no other TV stars and even in the in the bubble that you're in, you know, the next one was E.L. Booker, effectively, and that was a couple of years later. So what was it like for you in secondary school growing up and then going home to do some TV and everyone watching you on TV? How are you treated?
3: I don't think I was treated any different at all. I think I think people loved it. Um, I think for us, like you said, like in our bubble anyway, everyone knows everyone. So it wasn't like I went from, like, unknown to known because within Northwest London, we all know each other. You know, someone's related to this one and that one's cousins, best friends with that one. And do you know what I mean? So I feel like at school it was more like it worked in my advantage to, like, to some things. Like, if you know, I couldn't do homework because I was filming. Or, like, my teachers loved it, like, every year on Purim, which is, like, i know that you know but i want to see um, how you're going to describe it though (laughs) it's like a festival it's a jewish holiday where (laughs) people dress up basically i'm not going to go into the ins and outs of it but that's because there's no way to to, actually
2: describe it
3: well it's just another excuse to like get drunk and have a party and eat loads of food of every year they do a purim spiel which is like a show like a video whatever and there was one year where the teachers all do it, and it was like the highlight of our year, watching the teacher's program video. There was this one time, I kept it a secret from all my friends. The whole video was um, watched by my family, commenting on it throughout the whole thing. So they made us watch the whole thing. I filmed it on my phone, sent it to, us, to one of like the teachers, And they edited the whole thing. And that day, I remember everyone was coming up to me like, oh, my God, that's so funny. Like, we loved it. Because me and Josh kept it a secret from everyone. And it was just so much fun.
2: That's so good, though. Because also, again, you weren't being controversial. You were just being yourself. And sometimes, you know, a lot of reality stars kind of become oh, Marmite. You want to kind of be the baddie on Love Island because you know you'll get more screen time. I'm talking of Josh, actually. I remember even about a year ago, two years ago, I texted him because I saw him at the petrol station and I was like, all right, getting your petrol. He's um, on the <laughs> other side of the road to me. And that's the thing. You know, it was very authentic and... It's never not been authentic. You know, Steph and Dom, they are like that. I've worked with Steph and Dom in the past and, I, yeah, and I've been out, out, out with here. them. And, you know, even when we're going for drinks, they are like what you see on TV. And sometimes you don't quite get that with a lot of people.
3: Well, I think essentially with people is that, I you know, every person that I've ever been on a programme with or, like, worked with before has always been, you know, when people say to me, like, are they really like that you say yeah but that's just like a snippet of them you know they're not always like that that's just like 15 percent of them but obviously what you're watching is cut down to such short you know we filmed the goggle box seven hours a night or whatever 12 hour weeks and it's what not even like a minute of screen time almost you're only going to see a snippet of like the best of the best so realistically like yeah Like, they are like that in real life, everyone that I've met. But they've also got other sides to them, which you don't see. And at the same time, for them, they know what's got them where they are today. So with certain things, they're going to act upon it.
2: You know, obviously, you're watching seven hours of TV a day. Did it make you hate watching TV? Because, firstly, you've seen snippets already. So all the programmes you did like watching, Night Britain's Got time, there was no point watching because you'd already seen half of it. And secondly... You're almost over analyzing. I remember when I did media as a student and I started watching everything and thinking, oh, look at the camera up there and look at what's going here on the set. And it kind of detracts from it because I'm always looking at how do they break the fourth wall? Or, oh, look, there's a green screen. Whereas you knew all this stuff. How did yeah. it make your relationship with TV change?
3: Well, number one, it made me need glasses because <laughs> <laughs> my eyes were strained. So now I wear glasses. Not 24-7, but like... Um, if I get headaches or whatever when I'm driving, I need to wear them. But um, do you know what? I think the up until lockdown, I just didn't like. I've always watched like certain TV's, like weekend TV's, like classic shows. Always watched & Deck. Always watched I'm a Celeb. Always watched um, Strictly X Factor. Britain's Got Talent. Like all those big entertainment programs, I, I always watched. But growing up, like it wasn't until recently that I was that I was watching like other programs like i wouldn't just sit on netflix and watch things all day because i just you know i i just couldn't bear it if i wasn't filming then i wasn't watching tv apart from like the big programs no but then again like now i love tv and like i watch everything but i don't know whether that's because it's lockdown
2: (laughs) (laughs) but when you started you were only 13 years old it was the year kind of Instagram started getting big, although you were probably a bit too young to be on it, but I'm not going to say if you were on it or not. And so you weren't around that big surrounding. How have you grown up with social media? Because obviously it's impacted your life. It's given you a lot of work as well. But at the same time, when you were 13 years old, the way you were using it and people were talking to you it would mean very different as if as if you were a little bit older and they could get away with being mean to you if they wanted
3: I'll tell you what I always had and that was Twitter and that was just like a nasty nasty place to be like I couldn't bear to Even at 13 and years old
2: people were trolling No
3: no not 13 I'd say like 15 maybe 14 15 But like I think at that time it was legal to have Facebook at 13 Do you know what I mean so Technically, like you, you would have thought Twitter was a safe place.
2: You would think, you would think.
3: Well, exactly. Um, but Instagram, I don't, uh, my Instagram is quite an interesting story. Not an interesting story, but like I didn't grow up with an Instagram. So basically, I created Amy Taps X. I'm scrolling down now. I'm pretty sure I want to say like 2015, so like a couple of years after Google Gogglebox. I really, like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, no one would really like follow me. Like, I mean, compared to my, oh, I did have it in 2030.
1: Hold up.
0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. End of
3: 2013, I had Instagram till about 2015, I say. I had it from 2013 to 2016, but I only had about... 5,000 followers maybe like no one would really like find me it was more Twitter like we've always had a lot of followers on Twitter because that was our family account and obviously at the time we came with a family and then I kind of just I don't know what happened I think I got hacked or I forgot my password and whatever and then I just ended up having a private Instagram account for like 20 of my closest friends just like a post whatever whenever I didn't really like I never liked the you know I never liked it when my friends were like oh like I need to you know let's make sure that we get ready with 20 minutes so that we can take photos and upload them to Instagram did know I was never like that I never wanted that I was just happy to just have a great night and get ready for myself do you know what I mean and have fun um and live in the moment and so my, my Instagram got hacked when I was like 16 and I just didn't care. And for like a couple of years, I didn't have an Instagram that like I just couldn't get. I couldn't get back on Amy Taps X and I couldn't be bothered for it. Um, so I had a private account for like, like I said, 20 of my closest friends. And then when I was back on Celebs Go Dating, me and my agent were discussing like, we have to get my Instagram back because... Like we just have to and I was like, Do I really have to start again? He's like and he said to me he was gonna do the best that he could to get it back and oh my god, honestly, I think he went to like Instagram HQ and I had to send them my passport and they finally got me my Instagram back and I managed to be able to like change my password because I didn't have the email address that I used for it at the time because it was a ra- you know, when you're younger and you make these random email addresses and I never remembered the password. I don't know. So yeah, then I got it back and it came back with pretty much a blue tick. And then I started Celebs Go Dating and then that was where my followers grew.
2: So the years... So
3: in 2018, I was on like 4,000 followers.
2: God, grief. So that's 2018. Let's take you back there. Celebs so Go Dating, you're on this series of live Atwood and uh, it was a, one of those series that just was quite pinnacle you know Nadia and Eden Paul and Anna it's always been you know very defined but I think your series was one of those mixed ones because there was just such a big age range of people how did you find it because obviously Liv took you under her wing but you were still quite young when you did that and all of these celebs had done a bit of tv already where they're really starting to perform and also they're all going out and they're being reality styles they're living and breathing it whereas you were still quite family orientated at the time
3: yeah I mean it was really scary don't get me wrong because I was boom I was like you know I knew that I was leaving Gogglebox and I was going on to doing my own thing going down my own path um and it was a big thing I felt confident because I'd left school at 17 I went to train to be a hairdresser so I'd been a year like in you know in a Independent way, kind of thing, where my friends weren't, were still at school and I was working every day. So I felt like, you know, that gave me like my, like my good independence to then go off and have the confidence to do this. Um, I was nervous, but I was so, I was just so excited that it just didn't, the nerves never overtook, overtook the excitement because I was just buzzing, and just everyone was just so lovely and like they. The thing is, in my head, is that, yeah, these people were, like, huge to me, you know? When I was, like, when I first went to the shoot and I saw Liv, I was like, oh, my God, like, I loved her on Love Island. And Chloe, I'd watched for years on TOWIE. You know, like, Monsieur the Bloody Sugar Babe. And obviously, I've always loved Bass and whatever, do you know what I mean? But then at the same time, it was like, I've actually been on TV for a lot longer than, than a lot of them.
2: And also, people like EA who had a following through his modelling, you'd have known from the circles. I'm sure there's a famous, well, was famous frozen yoghurt place that he used to hang out at all the time. I'm sure you were there as well. So I'm sure you'd kind of crossed paths before, even though well, that's where it makes actually,
3: sense. I actually knew AR because um, where I used to work in the hairdressers, my manager at the hairdressers, best friends with his mum, and she used to come in every week. That's how I actually knew him because I knew his mum. <laughs> I used to wash her hair, and she's just lovely. And that was why it was so funny when I told my manager that that's what I was doing. She was like, oh, my God, you're going to be with A.L. So that's actually how I knew of him. I do know, I think, like, you know, like there's always, you know, it's a circle, and we all know each other, but that's how, that, was, that was my connection to him. So that was kind of like, as soon as I met him, I was like hey, like, I know your mum, pretty much, like, from then it was like, oh, yeah, and he said to me, oh, yeah, and I know this one, who knows you through that one, and da, 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 there was a lot of connections, a lot of connections.
2: Um, um, I went to school with his aunties, and uh, I remember in year seven when I went to his auntie's house, I hid under the bed because I had a big dog. Um <laughs> So, you know, I I I know people. I know people. Actually, <laughs> E.L.'s been on the podcast, and so is Tao, his brother. Tao's been on two episodes, and E.L.'s been on one as well of Security and Security. So go and check those out as well. Um, Let's talk about your dating, though, because they paired you up with Ace, and that was the big storyline for you and him. It was Amy and Ace, and we remember that big date outside of the Burgers, and he was like, "Oh, should I pay? Should I not pay? But as a Jewish girl yourself, were you looking to just date a Jewish person? Had you had those conversations? Or... Were you just very open to anything? Were you like, look, it's a TV show, I've left Google Books, I'm doing my own thing now. Josh has gone off to do some politics, your brother. Um, I'm happy to just be dating. You know, I don't care if they're Jewish or not, because it's not going to be a long-term thing.
3: I mean, I went in it pre- pretty open-minded. I mean, the you know, it's in the title, Celebs Go Dating. It's not Celebs Go Get Married and Run Off to the Sunset with their Love of Their Life. You That's know? a
2: very long title to have, Amy
3: exactly you know they did say to me like you know they ask you questions like what are your types da, da, da. and i did say that like, obviously if you can get anyone jewish that would be amazing but it's very unrealistic that you know we're we're such a minority what you know what jewish boy essentially is going to sign up and do it from the other perspective you know is like a data
2: and you would they know do. the people as well you would know and the I ones know who want it. to be famous you know what i
3: mean um and listen, you know, if if I was to do it again, like, maybe maybe they, maybe they would match me with someone Jewish. Maybe someone else would do it and go for it, you know? Might might be someone I know, for all I know. So I don't know, but, it, you know, at the end of the day as well, it also is a TV programme, and I've got to be realistic with, you know, I'm going to be dating people. It's going to be, like, a date here, a date there. And never for a minute did I think that... I would actually, like, get essentially, like, something out of it, you know?
2: Well, that's the thing. Do you think you were too young? Because you were 18 at the time. Do you feel like you were too young to be dating like that? Because it's not that common that someone would be such a serial dater at that age in the Jewish bubble, I want to say, to just stereotype a little bit more.
3: Yeah, I mean, like I said before I went on the show, like, I'd never dated before. That was, like, my first date was my first day on celebs go dating my that was my first day in real life so for me because i'd never dated before a i didn't know what to expect but like it was huge i wouldn't say i was too young because i have never like it 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 changed the ways in which i looked at myself so much like i'm gonna give a little shout out right now to paul Bronson, he is the greatest human being ever
2: so i just want to say on that uh a couple of weeks ago paul was on the podcast you go, again go back to that basically my whole podcast is basically people have been on subscribe dating um <laughs> listen to that episode if you haven't listened to it yet i cried even in my introduction for him he is the person that i want to be if i could be anyone in the world it would be Paul C. Bronson. It's an hour special. It is so incredible. I can't tell you, Amy, how amazing it was to talk to him. Yeah. He is I mean, God.
3: He incredible. And he changed my perspective so much on, like, you know, the way I look at, not, not 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 necessarily myself, but the way I think I look for other people, essentially. Do you know what I mean? So
2: how's your dating then changed with that perception?
3: Because I realised, you know, that I was doing something right and maybe it was just the boys that I was going for before weren't, you know, the right ones for me and that everything happens for a reason and that you're not going to be... The, the biggest thing was, was that you're not going to be able to like someone else if you don't love yourself, you know? 100%. You're not going to know your worth and you're not going to be able to, like, let any guard down for boys to come into your life unless you like yourself first and i think that's the biggest thing
2: so past three years for you amy how's the dating been
3: yeah (laughs) It's
2: it's been it's been um has there been any significant person that could be and is that because of the knowledge you learn on the show on the do's and don'ts of dating because it's very rare that you'd go and start dating and have actual feedback each time normally when you go on dates you don't really know how it goes so firstly the fact that you're you're getting that experience where you're getting that feedback but secondly it's almost molding you because you've started at the bottom and you've worked your way up building up with all the experience that you've learned whereas other people have kind of been dating in the past gone on a tv show like that and then come away and gone back to what they were beforehand
3: Mm. i mean when you think about it how many times does someone get an opportunity to go on their first ever date, get a rating out of 10, what <laughs> they like about you, what they don't like about you on a piece of paper read to you. What exactly? Right? And to get that for sure. Cause you realize like, okay, so everyone likes this thing about me. Like fair enough. Like they just see me more as a mate. And it was always like, see me more as a mate. And then the, obviously there was something different with the ace where, he maybe didn't see me as just a friend, but that was you know, I was at I was at a massive advantage. Yeah, I would say it sculpted me to like I said, grow as a person and, and, and love myself for who I am instead of what people see of me.
2: Okay. So more than just one word. How is the dating going, Amy?
3: It's going good.
2: Oh, so there is someone.
3: There is there's no there's not someone.
2: I basically want to get to, if you do say there is someone, and if you don't want to say that's fine, but if there is someone, how are they finding that juxtaposition between you being really jewish family orientated, and I, I don't want to say, and when I say Jewish, Amy get, by the way, if you're listening, Amy gets what I mean when I say this, um, because it sounds weird to keep bringing up religion, but religion plays such an impact on traditions and just the culture that we live in that it's oh, no, very no, no, no. He's Jewish. He's
0: Jewish.
3: Well,
2: I was going to say, no, but the fact is that he's Jewish, right? And you're Jewish. And you've got that family culture to you. But at the same time, you have got this status. You've got a little tick on Instagram. You are feeding an Instagram audience of your life. There's the chance you can always go on another TV programme, not necessarily a love programme, but in, mm. in just general, that he's going to be papped with you. He's going to be seen with you because you're going to be seen as well. So how does he find that juxtaposition?
3: Well, I'll give you a little something that he wouldn't be papped with me because he would only be papped with me if he came to visit. He doesn't live in London or anywhere near London.
2: But is that the authentic you though? Because if you were doing a red carpet, would you not want him to be with you?
3: If it got to that stage, then yeah, of course.
2: And would he? have you had that conversation if he would be happy to also be in the spotlight a little bit? Yeah. And he's I open think, to that.
3: Listen, I think the levels that I've got it, it's really enjoyable and there's no cons to it, you know?
2: And is that because so, you you started on Google Books? So because
3: well, because it was it was very gradual, mm. you know, and it hasn't. I wouldn't say it's hit its peak yet. I mean, Google Books was definitely like a peak of life for sure, and it was a program that was at its peak when I was on it. But it, but I wouldn't say like you know I've had my. There is so much more that you know that's on my vision board, on my goals, and everything that i want to do um that i feel like i'm at a really good stage now where i live my normal life like anyone else does i can walk in the street in my local area yeah you know i get a few people that recognize me but that's more if i go into town um You know, I walk around my local area, I I go on my day-to-day life like anyone else does, but then I get all the amazing nights, like the NTAs and the events and the awards and the this and the that. And it's things like that that adjust all the positive sides to it, you know? And yeah, you get the articles and the trolls and whatever, but at the same time, I don't have it horrifically. So I think for anyone else that was to come into my life, any future relationships, anything like that, I feel like, you know, same goes with my best friends. They get all the advantages to it. You know, they get to come with me to events and fun things and award nights. But it's not like they get papped back, you know, in the back drunk when they don't want to be papped. You know what I mean?
2: Completely, completely. So we're going to come to your singing in a second. So I want to ask you about that as well. But where are you at in the TV world? So we haven't obviously seen you on a big stop. Flagship show since Celebes was 18 three years ago. What's going on with the TV career at the moment? And when you're not doing TV, what are you doing?
3: So, straight after Celebes was 18, I went and I did a gap year in Israel. Um, and it was something that I knew would kind of put my career on hold for a year after such a big program. But I was willing to do that to still live my life. I left school young. I still wanted to like feel young. All my friends were going off to uni and i just wanted to do something and then i went to israel and i came back and three days after israel i flew to france to film celebrity coach trip and i did that with dad which was so fun and then i came back and it wasn't being aired until the january and obviously that was in the june so i traveled a bit in summer and then it came out in in the january um of it must have been 2020 it came out january 2020 and then like you know things were in talk and whatever and then corona happened and um listen there's so many things i you know i want to do and i like please god i will do but obviously corona's like taking a massive toll on tv like the tv side of things and it's gone more towards social media and i love social media but i don't want to be an influencer for the rest of my life i want to do tv more
2: and i think it's a a, a time as well talking of the pandemic we sadly lost your incredible agent who i was lucky enough to know and you were enough, lucky enough to work with terry mills yeah what did terry mean to you let's just take a moment to remember terry
3: he was just, i don't know, he was just, he was such a character. I think and that's the only word that I can really use to describe him. You know, like, I just saw him and I would just smile. I mean, we spoke every single day without fail, every single day. But it was, you know, it was especially, like, nearer the end because of corona. It, you know, we didn't see each other as much as we wanted to. So every time I would see him, it would just be like the best feeling ever, you know? Um, and he just, you know, he meant he meant so much to me. He's been in my life since I was 15, 16. And recently, you know, the past three years especially, he's been the, one of the biggest people in my life. I tell I, I told him everything. I, you know, I still kind of do tell him everything. I... He was like a best friend, a manager, family member, all in one, you know.
2: And he wasn't one of those agents that wanted to be famous. He was proud of his clientele and he wanted to always put his clients first way before him. He always. just wanted to support and them. And he
3: was, you know, he was always so protective of me. My best interests were always at heart. Like, you know, if there was anything that, like, he thought would potentially, like, put me certain shape that he didn't want or anything like that. No, no, no. No way, no way, he'd say, you know
2: what I mean? I can picture that voice right now. Let's quickly, before we wrap up, just talk about your singing, because I've noticed a little bit of singing going on your Instagram recently, along with the TikToks, obviously. Is this a new venture that you want to go down? Obviously, we've seen Amber Davis swap reality TV for the stage and going to the theatre. Are we going to see, perhaps, an Amy Tapper-style version of that, of you going into the UK
3: Top 40 one day? I mean... Singing has always been a hobby of mine. I've always, I've, when I, since I can remember speaking, I've always wanted to be an actress, just always. And then obviously we started Gogglebox and it went more down like the reality TV route. But I did drama all the way up until I left school. Like I got a hundred percent in my practical GCSE. Like I just loved it. I lived for it. It was the only thing that I could always put my whole mind to. It. Every school show, I'd always be like you know one of the main people i was the genie in aladdin i was the witch in into the woods and they were honestly like the best memories and it's always been such a hobby of mine like, i've i think i've maybe had like four singing lessons before in preparation of like a little show or something like that but that's it you know like very much hobby shower whatever and then you know i started posting on instagram i've done a couple of like little local shows for charity and whatnot and obviously, I'd love to. You know, I I I would never see myself as an artist, you know, and like releasing music as such. But covers and like doing, uh, you know, like Celebrity X Factor or like The Masked Singer would just be like an absolute dream.
2: Oh my god, I would love you to be on The Masked Singer. What character would you? Can want you to imagine?
3: Play? But I feel like no one would like know that it's me. Like my mask will come off and people would be like, who? <laughs>
2: Well, they'd have to do like a reality TV version of it, but I think that'd be such a good, again, it all comes back to the fact that you've never done anything that's made you Marmite. You've always just been lovable. It doesn't matter what program you do. You've never tried to be controversial. You've just always tried to be authentic to yourself.
3: Well, I think what the main thing people say to me, you know, my friends always say to me, I love watching you because I feel like we're just with you when we're watching you. And what I've always said is that where I've been lucky, like I said, you know, I wasn't on Love Island or a program where they're only going to show one side of you and one side of you only like live with her nutty side and AR with his like nature, spiritual side. Like he's not only all about nature and spirit, spiritual stuff. Do you know what I mean? There's so much more to AR than just that. But that's what, you know, gets them there. Whereas me, it was always just me being me with my family and that's all anyone ever wants to see and that's all i'm ever going to do you know i'm on reality tv so i'm only going to be myself because what's the point in doing it doing it any other way be where i am today if it wasn't just for being myself
2: Amy Tapper there being herself and just keeping doing herself. What an amazing chat. That was. I love Amy. I've known Amy since she was 13 years old and look how much she's progressed in the industry and how amazing she has been. You've been listening to Security and Secure with me, Johnny Seaford. If you like what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast and subscribe and follow it. If you're on Spotify, just click follow. If you're on iTunes, click follow, but then go down click five stars and leave a review then i want you to go on to instagram at secure the insecure podcast is where you can find us all past episode teasers are there there'll be one of amy uh, which you can see now because the episode's gone out please do give it a like and share it with your friends tell them you've heard it tag me at johnny c and amy at amy tappers x on it and we'll share it as well because it's really important that firstly you share my podcast and secondly you get to see the other side of amy weight isn't important And I hate that for years, Amy's weight has always been the focus in the media. And I want to change that conversation. And I hope I've started that today. You've seen how bubbly she is. You've seen how open she is. You've seen what an amazing girl she is. Let's make that the focus and not her weight. I've been Johnny Stever. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.